0: Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Compass Point. With me this week again is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How you doing, Paul? Hey, I'm good, man. Well, we are wrapping up our book of Hosea. Uh, it has been a short series, uh, a fun series. Well, maybe not. I know it was fun the right word for the book of Hosea. It's been really interesting. Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. great. I loved it. Yeah. Why don't you give us a little recap from Sunday? Yeah,
1: I mean, and this is a good chance just to you know to go back to the beginning of all of this and like why do we look at books of the bible that are in the old testament or maybe obscure or we can't pronounce the names um and i think it's important for us uh to understand that all of scripture points to christ yeah. that that the bible is all useful and helpful and it helps us understand basically three things big things um, it helps us understand a better picture of god mm. it helps us understand who we are in light of who god is and then it also you know, gives us instructions about how to live in light of all of that. Yeah. Um, the Bible is not an instruction manual that like, we pick up and, and say, okay, if I want this, then I turn to page 42, and I do mm-hmm. this, this, and this, and I get it. Yeah. Um, that's not the way it works. And part of the reason that's not the way that works is because God is not a formula. Mm-hmm. He, is, uh, he comes to us and connects to us in an intimate and personal way in relationship. Yeah. And relationships are not formulaic. You know, you can't just do one, two, and three, and then have something come as a result. Like, it's, it's al- always more complicated than that. And I think what Hosea does is it sort of cracks open the, you know, sort of our understanding of who God is, reminds us of this incredible story of God's love and our unfaithfulness to that love, and then um, our response and what that looks like. And so, and, and the way back. And so on Sunday, we talked about this way back. We talked about the idea that um, that this confession that le- leads to repentance um, is the way that we, uh, you know, kind of return and restore the relationship that was broken right. with God.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I love that kind of the big arc uh, again of the three weeks in this this yeah. book is God's like unfailing love for His people for us. Yeah, our failure, our sin, and like yeah, I mean this this book is such an interesting story yeah. of that right and and Hosea and Mary and Gomer and the so, unfaithfulness and then and then repentance and confession yeah yeah so so i'm curious i mean we talked about it, it it's not something um, okay C- confession is something that we know in the christian tradition certainly but when people think confession they think catholic confessional booth repenting to a priest we've all seen it in a movie or a tv show probably we probably know friends who have done it um, but it's not kind of an active practice in our liturgy, in our practices on Sunday morning, in our services, at least kind of the specific confession you talked about. Yeah. Um, so, what does it look like for confession, repentance to become a practice for us as followers of Jesus?
1: Yeah. So, uh, there's a lot there, um, and I, and I would say that uh, actually. Um, I would say that confession probably should be a part of our liturgy in okay. a different way. Um, and I actually, this actually touches on a little bit. Um, I'm not going to like nerd out too much here, but this really connects back to my thesis I did. Um, in my master's degree was on uh, Lutheran, uh, uh well, kind of Luther, the Lutheran church, uh, but, uh, specifically the pietist movement, which kind of came out of that church yep. regardless part of one of the things that they really focused on in community, um, was this idea of the priesthood of all believers. And the priesthood of all believers is just a concept that comes from several passages in scripture from Hebrews and revelation that tells us that we are made into a royal priesthood, a holy nation before God. What that means is that each one of us is a priest to each other. Mm -hmm. And so our priesthood does not mean, Hey, we're awesome. It means, Hey, you have a responsibility. You help to mediate between God and others. And we do that in the context of relationships with one another. So, all this to say is that confession, as part of that construct, would actually be something that happens on a one-to-one basis. So confession, yes, there is time, and we can talk about this, probably most of what we'll talk about is confession to God as we return to him and as we come in his presence in prayer. Mm. But I, I think what you're getting at is there's an, a practice that we we actually confess to one another. Mm. And um, in the book of James, when it talks about prayer that is effective and helpful, especially prayer of healing, they actually talk about the connection of of uh, confession to that. Hmm. So there's this public confession that happens even before we pray for healing for something else. And so there's this kind of like this important piece where we share with each other what we've done. Right. So let me give you an example. Um, in my context, I have a really good friend that... Um, I got to know through the years who had um, been in a, out of prison, and um, he was struggling uh, at one point in his life, and I was uh, spending a lot of time with him and connecting with him on a regular basis, and I remember, you know, uh, going and meeting him in the middle of the night someplace, and, um, and we sat down, and we were talking, and I said to him, I want you to tell me, like, what have you done? Like, what are the things that, you know, that you are ashamed mm-hmm. of, that you're trying to hide, that you're keeping... Um, you know, sort of underneath the surface. And he shared, like he shared honestly and openly mm. about the things that he had done. And I was able to look him in the eye and say, God loves you. And you are, when, when we come to Christ and with repentance, when we recognize what he's done for us on the cross, I can confidently say that you're forgiven for those things, right? right? There is a, a weight that it comes off of us mm. when we confess to each other. And so when you talk about, is this a practice that, you know, like, it's just a Catholic thing, this is something that is so important, and I think it's missed, especially in the evangelical church. I think we spend way too much time hiding. Like, you know, we don't need a church that is sinless. We need a church that doesn't have secrets. Like, right. we need to be able to to share with one another what's going on beneath the surface, mm. because there's something very freeing about bringing that stuff into the light of day.
0: Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's interesting, again, we... Part of the evangelical reaction to um, maybe some of that liturgy is is this perceived power that that the priest has in forgiving the sins, and yet your your reminder that we are all priests, and actually, like, it's not. If you confess to me or I confess to you, we aren't forgiving each other. What we're doing is we're we're reminding each other. We're being the voice of Jesus to each other to say, "You have been forgiven." Right. And in that sense, we are all priests. We do. You do that. I, I'm even fascinated. You look at the Lord's Prayer, right? Forgive us our sins, as we forgive each yeah. other, right? There yeah. is there is a sense. Um, I, I even on Sunday when you were talking about confession and repentance, um, I'm like, oh yeah. So like I need to be specific with God. You talked about going to the doctor. If you go to the doctor and you say something's yeah. wrong, I hurt. They'll be like, w- uh, okay. Yeah. Whereas if you say, oh, there's something really wrong with my foot. If I step a certain way, like press on this, like Dr. Beck, oh, let me, let me help you there. Yeah. And that's kind of God, God steps in and does that. But we do that to each other as well, because our sins are um, first and foremost against God. They're an offense to God. You talked about that in the first week, but Mm -hmm. there is, there are also these communal implications of that, right? Oh, for
1: sure. And I think there's like a there's a missional component here as well. Hmm. You know, the, the idea that we can be a blessing to other people only through the power of confession, our own personal confession. So as we confess, and I think that's exactly what you're getting at, is that people who are forgiven are forgiving people. Right. So the way that I, I kind of use this like silly illustration about like, you know, if you're carrying a bucket of rocks and you're trying to yeah. like make it seem like it's not a bucket of rocks, everybody knows, right? Hmm. And I think that that is, is really kind of important for us to, to sort of, you know, think about to remind us that the way that we interact with other people is actually um, we, we, are, we are a better represent, representation of Christ. The more that we are forgiven, because yeah. the that that cr- creates that lightness and it allows us to interact with people more openly and honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to pretend that I'm a great person. I'm not trying to, you know, say that you're bad, even though in my mind I'm thinking like there's something, you know, there's bad about me, or you know, like there's so many things that go on beneath the surface when we're just having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. But the more that we recognize who we are in Christ the more we can interact with people in a free way that actually demonstrates love much more effectively and much more clearly.
0: Hmm. So like, this is one of those things that I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm right with you. And I'm guessing people listening along are like, that sounds great, but there's risk, right? Like, so it's, and I think we've all experienced this where we've been vulnerable. We've been open to someone else and had, had that betrayal and kind of lived through something that makes me believe like, well, I'll confess to God, but I'm not doing that again with that person or with other people in general. Cause there's like, wh- what happens if they tell someone, what happens if people find out what happens if like, uh, we all kind of live with a bit of imposters syndrome, them and, and we do believe sure. we're all fallen and sinful. So how do we, what are some like practical steps? How do we, how do we make this a practice in our lives?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. I think, I think that dealing with the feelings is more significant than dealing with the actions, if that okay. makes sense to you. So in what I in in terms of the 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 reason that we have trouble trusting people is is sort of a symptom of something else that's going on. And sure. we can say, well, the reason I don't trust them is because they said things about me the last time or whatever. Right. But I think that I think if we look in our own lives, we can't deal like obviously we can't change the way someone else is going to receive the information that we give to them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's not in our control, but what is in our control is how we react. So if you, um, you know, how do we react with the idea of being laid bare, if you know, for lack mm. of a better term to yeah. be exposed. Um, I think that at its at its root, that's what confession can do in terms of lightening that and helping us to recognize it. So I would say that as a practice, perhaps the first thing that we can do is, is really get good at seeing the things in our own lives Mm. and, and rooting them out and and bringing that to God, bringing that back to him. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, that's, that would be the first step. So start with God. Um, And start
0: with the specifics, like you were saying, and which, which may, I'm just thinking like, even in my world, like I can be like, yes, I'll do that. But actually what may be helpful is for me to write it down. Sure. Like to write it in a journal that I know no one's going to, you know, if, if it's like, start with that practice, start with naming things. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think I, I made,
1: I made a, um, I, I, this was something that I read in a book, so I'm not, it's not from me, but I was reading a book, not on, on confession, but on prayer. And mm-hmm. in that book on prayer, he was talking about confession. Um, and, uh, and that was, uh, uh, Tyler, um, St- uh, Staten, yeah. um, and Staten, Staten, I'm not sure. Anyways, Tyler, good old Tyler. He was talking about spiritual maturity and he says that sometimes what we get wrong is we think that the more spiritually mature we are, the less we have to confess because as we mature, we do less things that we need to confess about, right? Right. And what he says is that's like a, that's a problem because the truth is the more we grow, um, the more we actually begin to see things in ourselves. And so he described confession as like an archeological dig. The deeper you go, the more you find. And, and I think that, you know, as long as we keep things on the surface, so let me, let me try to use an illustration. If you look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and you see that you've got like something all over your face, you clean up your face and that does something that Mm -hmm. is, that's not nothing, but it's something, but it doesn't change who you are on the inside. There are some things that when you look at yourself in the mirror, you can't see, you can't see your anger or your, you know, your, your tendency towards, you know, um, uh, you know, lashing out or always wanting to get your own way or whatever it is. So what I'm saying is that, is that I think we treat prayer more like a mirror where we, we just deal with the surface stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like, Oh man, I really shouldn't have yelled at, you know, my kids today. So God, forgive me for yelling at my kids today. And then we move on. Right. But unless we take the time to dig a little deeper
0: Hmm.
1: and say, God, why am I yelling at my kids? Hmm. What's going on in me? Help me to see that. And maybe you get nothing. Maybe you don't really fully understand it. But the next time you ask the same question and you just bring all of that before God. So getting specific is, is not just about like, name all of the bad things that you did but realize that some of the things that you did, you don't even know about. Right. And how do you get there? That's right. the big question, right? And that's where I think it, where regular confession and regular returning to the Lord is actually really helpful.
0: So earlier you and I were talking and you brought up a passage in The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Right. Um, C.S. Lewis' uh, Narnia book, yeah. um, which, which many of you have probably read. I certainly have, have read yeah. myself and read to my kids. Um, and it's a passage where Eustace, the really annoying cousin... Uh, you know, sneaks away, finds a dragon cave, turns into a dragon. Sorry if I'm ruining this for you. Uh, and then realize he's a dragon and, and and needs to figure out how to become a boy again. Needs to figure out how to make right the thing he's done wrong. Um, and Aslan basically says, like, I, I need to do it for you. Um, and there's this beautifully written passage where Aslan digs his claws into Eustace's dragon skin and digs deeper and more painfully than Eustace thought was possible. Um, and, and takes that skin off, which is both like he describes it as I think like both the worst and best feeling ever. Um, yeah. and I love that. I love that analogy. I love that invitation into what it is to, to come to God, mm-hmm. um, in confession. Um, and you, you mentioned that, that confession leads to repentance What, like, talk to me about what, what is repentance then?
1: Yeah. So often repentance and confession go together, uh, but they're not the same thing. Exactly. Confession. And I mentioned this on Sunday, but confession is the act of sharing things, you know, just speaking those things. Whereas, um, uh, uh, um, repentance, repentance, thank you, is, is really about the feeling of remorse, recognizing where we've, where we've gone wrong. So for example, um, you can confess that you stole the cookies, but you may not be, uh, remorseful. Like you may not actually be too upset about it. Right.
0: All I can think right now, Paul is when, I don't know about you, but like when I tell my kids to be like, apologize to your sibling and they're like, I'm sorry for, for your being an idiot. Yeah. Right. Although that's, that's, that may have been confession, but it was not, not repentance. repentance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: And I think that's the, that's the point of it is that again, when we are, when we kind of rush through confession, the practice, so let's call the, the, the practice of confession leads to repentance. Got it. And, and I think that the better we understand the situation, mm-hmm. the more repentance becomes, um, you know, kind of clear or it sort of gets in focus. And I, I'll, so this, I just want to quickly go back to the book of Hosea because we've been going through this book, right? right? So remember the story that, you know, Hosea marries Gomer and um, and as, you know, in the marriage, she's unfaithful yep. and God kind of orchestrates this whole um, kind of his life to show the way that God loves his people. Mm-hmm. And so at, at one point, you know, he basically says, I want you to go get her back in chapter three. And it's this incredible picture of Hosea. And I, I just have this like image in my mind of like him, you know, stumbling into the village square where the people that you wouldn't want to hang out with on a regular basis, hang out. Yep. And he goes right into the middle of it and embarrassingly, you know, shamefully, um, you know, takes his wife Gomer and, and brings her back and right. does whatever it takes.
0: Yep.
1: And there's this, it's just this incredible picture of God's love for us. So in order for us to understand, you know, this idea of repentance, we have to understand the love of God. Yeah. Then we have to understand what our betrayal looks like. Mm. And our betrayal is not just like, oh, I just did a few bad things, but it's okay because I did some good things and I did more good things than bad things. So like, yeah, we're good, right? We're good. It's like, no, this is a relationship. Yeah. You have betrayed trust. You have completely rebelled. All of this is, is an indication of like, you know, your relationship where you are with God. And, and so I think that in, in light of that story, in light of who God is, in light of the, the, the depravity of our, you know, going away, um, and I, and I mentioned actually that sin, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of like circling back a little bit, but when I mentioned that sin was, is basically a failure to love God and love people. Yeah. I think that's a helpful way of thinking about sin, because I think sometimes we think of sin as like as the bad things, but it's like, no, the bad things are actually a failure to love God, because he's already sort of laid out the path for us, and mm. he says, here's how I want you to respond to me and respond to my love, and we're like, nah, I'll do it my way. Yep. So because of that, that's where when we start to confess and see these things in our own lives, it has to lead to repentance or this remorseful place where we're like, Oh my goodness, like, God, what have I done? I do this all the time. I just completely betrayed you and you know, your love for me. So Mm -hmm. I think that helps with repentance too, is like, you know, the act of confession, but then understanding who God is. And then that leads to repentance.
0: Yeah. Well, we've had a really great conversation kind of around some of the practices of this. And, uh, Kind of the, yeah, I love kind of, we're bringing, bringing the book around, bringing it home, Mm -hmm. taking it from like these, these big ideas and this crazy story to like something that we, we can lean into in practice. Um, Is there anything as we wrap Hosea, um, anything you want to remind us of any, any kind of big takeaways or anything you want to push us into a little bit?
1: So I would say, you know, one of the things that is seen right at the very beginning of the book was Hosea, the problem Is that there's a lack of knowledge of who God is, Mm -hmm. and so with that knowledge comes understanding. With that understanding comes repentance and confession and all of those kinds of things. And so I think that the the practical application of a book like this is a get to know and love God. You know, Mm -hmm. get to know and love God. Whatever that takes, however that takes. Um, And we've talked about these places in our lives, um, you know, tools, uh, habits, you know, things that we can, uh, structures and systems that we can put in our lives that will help us, you know, welcome and respond to Jesus. And we talk about a rule of life, you know, find these little activities that you can do that will bring you closer to God, get to know him. And, and with all of that, I would say that this, this concept of confession is probably more powerful than you think. Because mm-hmm. I think you're probably sitting there saying, yeah, yeah, I know confession. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I know that's how we come become saved. And it's like, no, no, stop. Just stop for a second. Think about that. What does your prayer life look like? How often do you ask forgiveness? How often do you identify those places in your life? How often do you surprise yourself with what you see in yeah. yourself? So I would just say, get to know God, spend time in confession, and allow that to lead to a richer and a more beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ.
0: I love it. Well, thank you, Paul. Thanks for uh, thanks for guiding us through this book and just kind of inviting us into this uh, this part of God's story. Oh, man, the Bible is so full of uh, of wonderful things that maybe on the surface seem crazy and weird, but just tie us back to the gospel, and the good news um, that we best see in Jesus, but we see throughout the whole scripture. So thank you for listening along to Postscript. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode and into our new series. So we hope to talk to you then.